Unpacked, where we discuss the pull of the past every week. I'm your host, Allison Treat. I'm an author of historical fiction and a freelance editor. Welcome to my show. Hello, readers. Welcome to the show. Today, I'm sharing my interview with Wendy Vorsinger. Wendy's debut novel came out last fall in October of 2020, and it's entitled Prospects of a Woman. It's set during the California Gold Rush. So it's also, um, it's won a number of awards within the indie press. And it has a lot of rave reviews as well. Um, Wendy's really a very talented writer, and I very much connected with her during our interview. So um, I thought she was lovely to speak with. I did want to warn some of our, I know that a lot of my listeners um, are used to Christian fiction or inspirational fiction, or at least clean reads. And Prospects of a Woman is not a clean read. I just want to get that out there so that you know, if that's what you expect, that's not what this book is. And um, we might discuss a little bit of that during the interview, not very much, but it comes up a little bit. But most of it, most of our interview is about um, women's, just women's role in history in, especially in California, in the West. And we talk about Wendy's path to the publication of this novel and how she had to make a tough call when an agent was giving her some advice that she didn't want to take. And Wendy also shares a lot about specific real women in Western history. So that's really interesting. Even if you think that you're not going to like the novel because of the content, I encourage you to listen to this interview because it's so very interesting. And Wendy is just a lovely person. So here's my interview with Wendy Vorsinger. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Your first novel, Prospects of a Woman, released last October. Can you tell us about this book? Yeah. So, um, Prospects of a Woman is a historical novel set in California, 1850. And it's about a woman who comes to California with her husband and realizes that he's not quite who uh, she thinks he is. And this is during the uh, gold rush in California in 1850. And yeah. so she has to figure out how to make it on her own. Okay. In a nut, that's what it is about. <laughs> right. That's, that's the um, abridged version. Yeah. So I've read the first few chapters and first of all, the cover's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and you write beautifully as well. Um, although the first scene began it was quite a shocking scene, <laughs> the opening of the book. Yeah. 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 But can you can you tell me what inspired this novel? How did you get this idea? Well, you know, it's interesting. I was born and raised in California. My boys are seventh generation. And in fourth grade, you know, they have to learn about California history and women are missing from that narrative. And I thought, that's really strange. I know I didn't learn about women in early California, but I figured, you know, my boys would learn as they were going through school now. And so I started to do a little bit of research and try to understand, you know, what was our history here in California? And I realized um, that we were just, you know, it, it was sort of, um, we were omitted from history, but we were very much a part of helping build California during the California gold rush and after. And so I felt like I really wanted to include 
early uh, Western uh, you know history from the perspective of a historical novel because I I think I feel like there's not enough voices of women writing about the early West. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, so you mentioned to me ahead of time that the myth of women in the Old West is inaccurate and incomplete. Can you tell me why you say that? Right. So I think as Americans, we have this construct in our minds, you know, it's sort of a collective consciousness and understanding about the Old West, which is that women are, you know, we, we were here, we came out here, but we really needed protection and guidance from men and that we were dependent upon them to mm-hmm. sort of keep us safe and protect us. And in California, that, that was very inaccurate. And I, I, you know, I've, I've, I grew up, you know, reading about re- reading novels about the West and, you know, watching movies and television shows. And what's interesting is in California, women had in 1850, we were given a whole set of rights that um, actually gave us a lot of agency and power in 1850. Uh, when California came into the union as a free state during the California constitutional convention, women were given rights to own property, sell property separate from their husband. Um, We were also um, given rights to have custody of our children and divorce if we wanted to in in various counties throughout California. So these things gave us a lot of power and agency. And we also had a very, there was a very interesting thing happening in California during that time, which is it was, there were about 20 men for every one woman. So women were very valued and um, that gave us a lot of power. You know, we, we were able to kind of come to California and if we realized okay, we don't really have it so great with this guy. We could try, you know, something different and we could go out on our own and become economically independent, which I think most people are not aware of in terms of looking at the history of the West. Yeah, I was not aware of that. I I knew that women uh, typically couldn't hold property or do much on their own without like a husband or father's permission until much later. But it's interesting that it was different in California. Um, Right. And you know, the, the reason why it was different, I mean, I think we really need to acknowledge the the early California culture in um, the West. So the the Spaniards came here in 1776 to California and they created a, a, you know, pretty sophisticated system. And, they uh, they had a system where women could own property and make contracts, sell assets, that sort of thing. One third of the the people, the delegates at the Constitutional Convention in California were Californios, and they had a vested interest in keeping their the women in their life, their mothers, their wives, their daughters, their sisters, um, able to hold on to the power that they had in owning land in California. The rancho system was very um, important to the California culture, and that was one of the main reasons why women were given the rights that they were given. And we need to really acknowledge that history. Oh, that's that's so interesting. Um, so you also mentioned there are some real women who inspired characters in Prospects of a Woman. Can you tell me about those real women? Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's there's so many women that were an inspiration to me when I started researching. Um, early California women, I was actually really surprised at some of the women's accomplishments that I had never heard of them before. 
one of the women, um, Nandy Gooch is the character in my novel. She's a, a, a supporting character. She's actually based on a real woman. Her name is Nancy Gooch. And she was brought to California by her slave owner. Uh, mm. And I think it was in 1849 is when she came. So when we came into the union as a free state, um, her slave owner was sort of run out of town in Coloma. Mm -hmm. She was on the American river and she basically started, uh, you know, doing laundry, uh, baking. She eventually was able to buy 80 acres of land and she got enough money to actually pay for her son and his wife and his whole family to free them in Missouri and bring them West to California. And she ended up being one of the largest landowners in California at the time. But, you know, we didn't, we don't really know about her. Um, So she was one woman that was very inspiring to me. Um, There's, there's some women that came after um, that also inspired after the gold rush that inspired the characters in my novel. Um, Elizabeth is the main character. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was very fascinated by, by Ina Coolberth. She was a, a woman in early California. And actually, she was the very first poet laureate of America. And um, yeah, she, she was really interesting to me because she was a fantastic writer. Um, she was sort of in the literary circle with Mark Twain and John Muir and a whole bunch of other men. Um, and she was, uh, she worked at the Oakland library. She was a mentor to young Jack London when he was, when he was younger, but she basically was the president of the, she created the Pacific coast women's press association, uh, worked at, you know, with the California's writers club, but mostly she was wrote for newspapers and magazines, including like the overland monthly, um, where she was co-editor and she was a school teacher in San Francisco. And anyway, she was the very first poet laureate of America. Wow, um, she inspired. Amazing. She was one of the women that inspired the main character of my novel. But so many women. She's the main character of my novel. Elizabeth is like a composite of a whole bunch of real women. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Are there any other women you want to mention? Well, um, yeah, sure. Um, th- there's another woman, Josephine McCracken. She was also a journalist in early California. Um, she came out uh, in 1846. And um, she got married and realized that her husband was sort of insane and very violent to her. So she um, w- was able to divorce. And she also worked for the Overland Monthly. And she and Ina Coolberth were friends. And um, she eventually, she did a lot of writing, um, published a lot of articles about sort of the natural world in California. She lived over in Santa Cruz, for San Francisco, and then further south in Santa Cruz, but she ended up becoming sort of an environmentalist, uh, very passionate about the forest and the wildlands in California. And she actually was instrumental in um, passing legislation to protect the redwood trees in Big Basin um, State Park here in California. Um, So she was a very, I, I think she was an incredible woman. I think during that time, it was not easy to be a woman, but yet she was also an environmental activist. So that was very impressive to me. Yeah. That's awesome. I could go um, on and on. I have, I just, <laughs> I'm in awe of these women and I, I'm actually, cause I think about how hard it must've been just in general to live in the West, you know, the, um, in terms right. of there not being any infrastructure and having to sort of start from scratch, but, you know, having, you know, food and shelter and all that having to sort of, you know, be really hardy. 
And then yeah, having these accomplishments is just, I, I'm very in awe of these women. Yeah, for sure. Um, even from the f- first few chapters, when there's, you can just kind of feel the hunger that Elizabeth is dealing with. Um, and, and the difficulty of like traveling all that way and, and having to be strong and, and help her husband, which I mean, just out of curiosity, because you're mentioning all these women, did you get kind of the storyline of, I haven't quite discovered it yet in the book, but it's on the back cover that like Nate, her husband is interested in men, not women. Mm. Um, so did you get that from a real life situation or was that completely, you know, fabricated? I'm just curious. If, if yeah, that that's a, a really interesting question. Um, yes. So what's interesting about California, and I think this is true today, is that it sort of offers, um, it offered people in 1850 sort of a, a way of um, life which was outside the constructs of sort of the Eastern uh, traditional society. Right. And um, many men came to California and there was a, 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 there was definitely a sort of a gay life more in the Southern mines down in Sonora, mm-hmm. that sort of area. Okay. But it was very real. And what's interesting is I had read about it, but I had seen also photographs and I had seen um, illustrations of, you know, men dancing together. And I was, I didn't understand it. I was like, I, I don't, you know, obviously gay life in California didn't just happen in the seventies, right. In the 1970s. Right. Um, but I didn't understand. I didn't, I had no understanding of that. That was a very much a part of early California during the gold mm. rush. I don't wow. think people were out, you know, they, they weren't right. like flaunting their gay life, but there was definitely you know, communities in California where men were able to um, understand this is what the life that they wanted and they were able to find some sort of happiness. Okay. Interesting. So can you tell me how, I mean, you've already mentioned a little bit, but is there any more you want to share about kind of the research you did and how you went about doing that research? Like, did you research first? Did you write first? Um, yeah, how did that you work know, for I, you? Um, I have to, I had, when I was writing, my boys were young. I have two boys mm-hmm. and I would, they're very energetic. So I would bring them to the river. I'd bring them to the American river to play, or I would bring them to the Yuba up in the gold country. And we would stumble upon these little gold mining towns and I would make my way to a bookstore or a little museum. And that's sort of how I began my research. I stumbled upon these women and, and sort of, um, was very inspired. And I thought, you know, this story is not being told the story of what, how women actually, um, weren't dependent necessarily on men and had great accomplishments to helping build our state. So once I sort of had that understanding and in stumbling in these little towns, I started to look for more academic research. And I found that actually in the last 20 years, there had been a lot of research that was being done uh, to just to sort of bring to um, the public the accomplishments of women in California. So I started to search out those books and read them. A lot of academic works, nonfiction works. um, And I just completely scoured them to try to understand how did I miss this? Like, why are we not being taught this in California or in America about the Western accomplishments of early, you know, women in the West? 
so yeah, I don't know if does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I was lucky because my boys were young and I was able to, you know, when they were in school, I would write like crazy. And, um, but it, you know, I was raising them. That was my main priority. So I wrote this while I was raising them. Right. And then now you included in your book, um, the real historical figures of Louisa May Alcott and Ralph Waldo Emerson. So what inspired that? Cause you're, I mean, you grew up in California, you're dealing with the gold rush. What made you think I'm going to add this like Eastern right. um, contingent? <laughs> yeah. These, um, it's great that you bring that up. Um, well, I, in 1850, most American women in California came from somewhere else. And right. um, to me, I feel like Louisa May Alcott was a woman on the East Coast trying to, well, being forced to sort of um, make a way for herself. You know, her her family wasn't able to really support. She, she Her father wasn't able to provide for the family. Mm-hmm. Um so to me, it was a perfect sort of mirror in terms of East Coast, West Coast, what was happening to yeah. this woman, Louisa May Alcott on the East Coast, in comparison to the opportunity afforded my character, Elizabeth, on the West Coast. And I have my character write Louisa May letters. So they're tri- they were childhood friends growing mm-hmm. up in the same town. Um, and my character writes letters to Louise May and it illuminates sort of this friendship between these two women, but also the struggles of how to sort of make their way in the world in the, you know, mid 19th century as a woman on opposite coasts. Right. I found it very interesting. Like I only got to the first letter that Elizabeth wrote to Louisa May. Yeah. what did you think of that? Well, I just thought like, she's, I mean, it was complete, a complete lie, but it, it was just like she's painting this picture of what she really wanted, how she really wanted things to work out right. when she went west. Right, right. Um, that's interesting. So, yeah, in the first, she, 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 my character lies, right, to her best friend. Yes. And um, it's interesting because I've been asked about that a lot. And I, my question is always like, have, are we always honest to our friends, right? Or do we sort of like leave out stuff? Oh yeah, you know, to just it's either like mortifying, it depends you don't on want the to friend. talk about it, or it's like I just want you know it to be better. I just want people to think I'm not such a wreck, you know. Um, right. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting relationship that unfolds. I don't have letters from Louisa May to my character Elizabeth because. I didn't think that that was appropriate Mm. Um, on so many levels. I just didn't think uh, she's such a well-researched and documented historical figure. I didn't feel that I had the agency to put my own words in her mouth, but I felt like it was totally fine for me to go the other, the other way with my character writing her letters. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So did you have to, did you already know a lot about, the transcendentalist like like Emerson and and did you know enough about Louisa May Alcott that you could you didn't have to research them much or did you No, I I actually went to Concord, um, Massachusetts, okay. where uh Louisa May Alcott lived <clears throat> in the same town with Emerson. Her father was friends with him. 
And she spent a lot of time um, in his home, you know, in the educational circles. And I felt like it was really important for me to understand what she experienced and what her life was like. So I went to her home. I learned about her father. Um, I learned, I, I felt like she was a real victim of sort of the patriarchy and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the whims of her father's dreams that were sort of wild and wacky and (laughs) not able to sort of put money, you know, put food on the table. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I did go there and I spent three or four days, um, you know, going to Orchard House where she lived and reading books, you know, just trying to understand what was going on in that town during the same time. Mm-hmm. Cool. You've, you've been writing for a while, it seems, um, but not novels. Am I correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, I When I graduated from college um, here in California, I started working in the Silicon Valley writing about technology. So that's my background. And then did that. I I worked for a lot of different companies and then was freelance for quite a long time and then uh, realized, okay, I I need to go back to school and get my MFA to really learn how to be a storyteller because I think it's very different than writing as a journalist. Mm. So I went to um, the Vermont College of Fine Arts and did that for two years. And hopefully it became a better storyteller, learned how to become a better storyteller anyway. Narrative writing and journalistic writing is so different. Right. Although there's always a story. There's always an underlying story you're telling, but. Right. It is. Right. And the relevancy, right? Like what's, how, how, where's the meaning and the relevancy? Right. Exactly. So how did you then come to the point of writing and getting this book contract and, and did you have to go through an agent or how did that whole thing come about? Oh, that's such an interesting question. <laughs> it's a little bit embarrassing, um, but I'll tell. I'll tell the. I'll tell the real story. So, um, I don't had lie this, to us. Okay, no, I won't. I'm gonna like Elizabeth lied to her. I'm, by the way, just so you know, I'm not a liar. I'm a very honest. No, person. I'm, just, <laughs> um, I'm honest, kind of to a fault. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I just I feel like, especially right now, right? We need to have like morality and honesty in our in our world. Yeah, I'm just totally transparent. I can't lie to save myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I had an agent, I had a very fancy New York agent. um, And, uh, you know, she took me out to tea at the Century Club in New York. And I was like, Oh, fantastic. Um, So I, I had, I had, she was representing me and she had some suggestions about how to make some changes in the novel. And they were such great suggestions. I took them all except for, she wanted me to change the ending and she, Mm -hmm. it was a, I'll make a long story short. She asked me to work with an, with an editor, which I did. And it was a, I loved it. It was a great experience for me. But at the end of that relationship, both the editor and her, they wanted me to change the ending she wanted like sort of a Disneyland kind of hallmark sort of thing. And I just said, you know, I, I really appreciate this relationship. I loved all of the suggestions. I took them all 99% of them, but I cannot change the ending because that is not the reality of women in California that I know. Like that's mm-hmm. not after Elizabeth's journey in my novel, that is not the choice she would make. And so she fired me. <laughs> oh my was, goodness. It was like the hardest thing in my life. She was like, okay, yeah. well, bye-bye. And I was like, oh man, what do I do now? Um, 
And so, you know, with the consolidation of all of the big publishing houses, even last week, right, that it's shrunk down to, I think, four major publisher, publishers now, yeah. I realized I needed to look for a, probably a small press. And out here in California, there's a, an amazing press in Berkeley called She Writes Press, mm-hmm. and they publish predominantly, you know, all women's stories, nonfiction and fiction. And they took it right away. No changes. <laughs> it wow. was fantastic. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's how I got to that journey. Yeah. And there's been so much good press about it too. So you kind of, I mean, that agent's probably kicking herself now. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, <laughs> she actually, what's funny is she reached out to me on social media and like, was like, congratulations. And I was like, grumble. It was really hard. Cause it, I, it was like being fired from a job. You know, it was like, yes. oh my God, and- is she firing me? I couldn't believe it. And I thought, you know, I stuck to my artistic principles, right? And I thought, oh man, that was probably a dumb thing to do. I could have gotten, you know, a great, you know, big figure, you know, contract, but I don't know. It's just, it's the journey that happened and I'm just right. appreciating where I am. Yeah. I don't think you were wrong to do that. Um, well, you haven't read the ending yet, so you don't know no, yet. you're right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think you you have to go with, there are some things I'm the same way as a writer. Like there are some things you can change and there are some things you can't. Um, you just know in your gut, like this is the right way. Whether, I mean, I feel like as, as a person of faith, I feel like led by God to write in certain things that I would mm-hmm. have a hard time changing anything that I felt that strongly about. So. Right. Right. You have a, like there's things you're willing to sort of compromise on and right. And that's your area where it's like, no, I can't do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. So are you writing something new now? Well, so I have been doing the, so COVID was a really strange time to have my book launch. Oh, right. Sure. And, yes. Um, that my book came out at the end of last year. So we're now in March and I, I gave myself like six months to just do promotion and social media and all that. I'm not really great with social media, but I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to get right. myself out there. Um, and then I, so I gave myself until the end of March and, and I'm, I have been researching. I'm very interested in California women, um, in sort of the artist salons in San Francisco in the 19, at the turn of the century and 1920s. Um, mm-hmm. There are some women in our family that were living some very interesting um, lives um, as artists. So I'm very curious about that world and I have been doing a lot of research. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's where I am. So that's what you're thinking about writing next. That's, yeah. that's great. Um, yeah. So I the- mean, I feel like there's so much, so many stories to be told about the early West and we need more women writers, you know, really taking that topic on, I think, because it's predominantly been a, um, genre, uh, written by men. And I think that I don't necessarily think their stories are, are 100% wrong, but they are writing from their perspective, right? Sure. As men. So I think it's important that we 
you know, we tell stories about the early West. So I'm, I, you know, I, I'm excited. I, you know, as I'm doing my research, I'm, I've gotten, you know, I'm sketching stuff out and I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to get going again. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah, I'm mostly, I've was born and raised in the East Northeast United States. Um, yeah, Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. That's where I am now. Um, and mostly have been, but, um, okay. we did, we lived in California for a short time, um, a couple of years ago. So I, and I was just fascinated by like the missions and the history. I mean, I'm just, I'm a history person, obviously. So yes, yes. I, I feel like if I had stayed longer or even, I mean, maybe in the future sometime I will write something, but I had a few like story ideas while I was there. Cause it's just so interesting. I mean, I think you just kind of tend to gravitate toward the history of the place where you are. At right. least I do. Right. Yeah. I mean, California is, uh, is beautiful and magnificent in so many ways. It's complicated. It's messy. It's, you know, a disaster in a lot of ways. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it definitely has a lot of drama and opportunity and, um, there's so much to write about even modern day, what's going on now in California. It's very complicated. Yes. Right. So this is a question I ask all of my guests. How do you think learning about history through story helps us approach life in the present? Right. That's a really good question. <laughs> well, that's why I ask it every episode. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm really interested in the, in the, in that question. Um, I feel like we need to understand as women, particularly because I, my, I write, my characters are women. Yeah. I think it's important to understand where we came from because I think that there are narratives about history that have been told to us that are not accurate. And I think it's very important for us to question um, and understand our own history to understand where we are today. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the relevancy of historical fiction, I think is um, can help us understand, you know, who we are as people, as a society um, in different regions and, you know, face things maybe that we don't want to, you know, about our history and ourselves as a society and a country. Um, yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah. it's I'm, And I'm thinking as you're talking, even what you've told me about the history of California, the parts that I didn't know about, um, I feel like it helps me understand kind of the culture in California today better. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I It's very interesting, right? Like, um, yeah. Um, now you mentioned to me also that you think Prospects of a Woman makes an ideal book club read. How can readers contact you about appearing to their book club? Yeah, I am having so much fun with book clubs. Um, so you can just contact me through my website, wendyvorsanger.net. I have a, a form there that you can fill out to reach me. I've done, I've done a ton of book clubs. It's really great because it, this to these topics in my novel bring up so much discussion, sort of um, vibrant discussion. And in uh, I usually pop in like after 15 minutes and I have a sort of a beautiful presentation filled with all sorts of historical graphics, 
that mm. explain the context and the history of California women. And wow. I'm, I'm finding that women are, the book clubs are really liking that. So it's, yeah, it, I really, I, it's a privilege to pop in and hear what um, women have to say about my book. It's really, I love it. Yeah, that must be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, and also, I mean, there's a lot of controversial topics in my book. It's not a uh, light read, I guess. Right. Um, and it's not a Western, but it's, it has some gritty elements to it. Um, and I think that brings up a lot of topics. So it's, it's interesting to hear people's perspective. Yeah. So what's the best way for readers, listeners to follow you on? Do you have a preferred social media? My preferred social media? <laughs> well, um, I know you, on, you don't love it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't it weird? I mean, do you like social media? No, well, I mean, you can't say you don't like it, right? Because then people no. are like, why don't you like it? But I mean, well, but there are things that I hate about it. I, um, but there are also, I, I'm very, I can get very addicted to it. So it can be a problem. Oh yeah. <laughs> but right. but I also thing, like, right? I'm not good at consistently posting things right. that are helping me. <laughs> so. Right. Right. It, uh, yeah, I, I'm, tr- you know, I'm boy. Yeah. I, it feels like this niggling thing that I'm supposed to do. Right. And mm-hmm. it's, it makes me stressed on so many levels. Um, I would rather just be hiking and, you know, skiing yeah. and being with my family, my husband, you know, I just, ugh. but I, yeah. I would be very happy if I'm, I apologize to all the tech savvy people, but I would love to live in a world without smartphones myself. Oh yeah. Oh my God. You're speaking my language. Yeah. I mean, and also, you know, just being in the Silicon Valley, it's just like, Oh, it's oh yeah. Everywhere. I'm sure and it's, yeah, it's tough. Um, but yeah, so I'm on Facebook. I mm-hmm. am just, Wendy Borsinger. And on Instagram, I am author Wendy Borsinger. And I uh, have no Twitter. Let's just put it that way. Not okay. a Twitter. I yeah, I have a Twitter, but I never I'm never on Twitter. Yeah, I just um, feel like it's a, a, a little bit too nasty. Yeah, it is. It's a caustic kind of yeah, everybody idea. can do their one liner zinger and be hurtful. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not into that. So yeah, I'm not on Twitter. Yeah. I don't blame you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All the uh, the Twitter, Twitter people mad now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, probably, you know, I mean, there's just, there's um, all of these different platforms, right? It's just a lot of attending to. And uh, yeah, it takes me as a writer away from kind of the quiet that I need to, to create a, to create characters and a narrative that sort of resonates with people. So, right. Absolutely. Um, so what's, where do you prefer people buy your book? Uh, well, um, I, um, first off, I want to say, um, if there is a local bookstore in their town, that's obviously, you know, a local indie bookstore, I would love for people to go there first. Um, I think during COVID people are, their bookstores are really suffering and yes. if we can support local bookstores, um, that's the first place I would say to go. Um, the second thing is I would say that Capital Books in Sacramento is a great place to buy my book. Mm-hmm. I would also say um, do what's easy for you if you if it's hard to get yourself to a you know a local bookstore because of COVID or whatever. Just make it easy on yourself. It's available anywhere. Prospects of Women is available anywhere. 
Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Wendy, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thanks, Allison. I really appreciate it. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. So my friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. There is just so much to learn about the history of California, um, the history of the West Coast. I just find it fascinating. So I hope you did too. As always, visit the show notes for links to all of Wendy's information, to the book and to her um, social media and website. The show notes can be found at alisontreat.com slash blog. That's A-L-I-S-O-N-T-R-E-A-T dot com slash B-L-O-G. Also, if you're enjoying Historical Fiction Unpacked, if you could subscribe to the podcast, that would be fantastic. You would, you'll get the new episodes delivered every time they release. Also, if you could leave a rating and review on whatever podcatcher you use, that would be fantastic as well. And it helps other people find the podcast, other readers and lovers of historical fiction. Of course, if you're on Facebook, please join our group, Historical Fiction Unpacked Podcast Group. And if you'd like to support the show, go the extra mile and visit my Patreon account at patreon.com slash Treat. Make sure you only use one L, A-L-I-S-O-N-T-R-E-A-T. We would love to have you join the community on there. You can join at a certain level and receive video reviews of books that I've read, including some of the books that I've read for this podcast. I don't read every single book for this podcast, but I try. Um, and this one I did finish, so I would include that in one of my video reviews. So check out that Patreon page and see if you would be interested in joining at one of our tiers. Now I'd like to leave you guys with a quote about San Francisco. Pat Montandon said, San Francisco is poetry, even the hills rhyme. Keep reading historical fiction, my friends, and I will talk to you again next week.